Yeah, so I have had an interest in communications for as long as I can remember. When I, growing up, I was always very active in various organizations in my church and um, in youth organizations, community organizations, and I always enjoyed anything related to communications or psychology. So Mm -hmm. when I went to college, I was really kind of debating between those two, and I decided to major in communications and then minor in psychology. So I have always had a love for writing, speaking, all types of forms of communication. And so um, I was able to study it in school, and then I've really been using it in various ways ever since. Uh, But my entrance into public relations specifically, that actually didn't happen until after college. I had the opportunity to take on a communication specialist role at a museum in Baltimore. And it was there that I was fully immersed into public relations, what it was. And I really was able to understand the value that communications plays and what a critical role it plays in the success of an organization. So when I was at the museum, I was involved in everything from working with media, pitching stories, writing keynotes for executives, writing talking points, helping them to prepare, doing events, strategic partnerships, everything. I learned all of that at the museum and that prepared me to to enter into the business that I have today. Uh Very very nice. It's a very interesting story, a start of a story. So one, you mentioned college. So where did you attend college? Yes, I went to Elon University in North Carolina. It was a a really small school. It's grown a bit since I've I've been there, but a small town um, in North Carolina. And that's where where I went to school. Okay, okay. Well, you know, every so often I like to hear, I'm a Morgan State uh, graduate myself, so. Yes. I'm always curious to hear what what my guests say for those that went down that path. uh, Yes, I have family that went to Morgan, so I have have residual ties there. Okay, okay. So, So what do you think, what skills do you need to have to be a good public speaker? A good public speaker? I would definitely say... Confidence is the number one skill that you need to have as a public speaker. And that's not something that you have to be born with, per se. You can definitely develop that. But I think that projecting confidence, I would say that's the most important quality to have as a speaker because you want people to not only hear what you're saying, but you also want to come across as an authority on whatever the topic is that you are speaking about. So that means not only do you want to show up, with your words, you want to show up with your presence, you want to show up with your tone, you want to show up with your pace. All of those things are connected to confidence. So I would say that is the number one um, element and skill that it takes to to be a public speaker. And then the second quality, I would say, is the willingness to work the willingness to practice and prepare. A lot of times people will think that you can just get up and start talking and or start interviewing if you're doing a media interview and everything will just flow naturally. Contrary to popular opinion on that, a lot of the people that you see, I would say most of the people that you see who are the most skilled public speakers, they don't get up and wing it. 
there are some things that they may be able to do off the cuff if they've been doing it for years, but especially starting out, they practice over and over and over what they're going to say so that they can show up confident and polished. So I would say confidence and willingness to work are the two uh, top skills that I think for public speakers. And, and I think that goes over to a few other things, right? I, I can definitely tell you I've once or twice tried to wing it on the show. <laughs> not, not, a, not a good look. I, I, I made it through and I probably made it through once again, because of Moni or someone else on the team, but that, that is very important. The, the work and preparation is key. Now, you, you mentioned something about courses. Do you think public speaking courses work? Yes, I do. I actually, I used to be, um, I was in Toastmasters for a couple of years, um, and that is a well-known public speaking organization that helps you to feel comfortable and confident in your speaking. But there are all types of ways that you can train and practice for public speaking, whether it is a formal class or you just practicing at home. There are so many tools that we have now that we're able to use where we can record ourselves, whether it's our phone, whether it is going live on social media, whether it's calling a friend on FaceTime, all of those ways are, are things that you can use mm -hmm. to practice. And actually for me, uh, one of my favorite ways to practice is through the voice notes on my phone. So I will kind of pretend in my head that someone is asking me a question or sometimes I'll ask the question and then I'll pause and then I'll answer it. And then I will actually go back and listen to the recording and hear where I'm feel very confident, hear the parts where I'm a little bit shaky, and it helps me to learn um, what I can improve and what I did well on. So it's your voice, the reflection of your voice really tells something in terms of how confident you are in what you're saying. Yes. Okay, versus sounding uh, feeble or, uh, or really meek, so to speak. Yes, exactly, because a lot of times people who present as shy, it may not be because they have a shy personality. It may just be because they're not as confident with what they're going to say. So sometimes that's people's kind of defense mechanism. They may come, come off a little bit quiet. They may not be as assertive or authoritative. And sometimes it's because they don't know what the words feel like coming out of their mouth. And that's something that I had to learn is that a lot of times your brain and your mouth, it's, it's sometimes it misses the connection. For example, if I started talking about biotechnology or something, I would sound very, you would be able to tell that I really didn't know what I was talking about because I'm not used to those words. That vocabulary is foreign to my brain. And so because I haven't rehearsed it, my brain doesn't have anything to pull from. But if you have me talking about public relations or communications, I immerse myself in that world. And so I can pull from things that I study, that I read, that I hear all of the time. And that content is a lot more familiar to me. Understood. Understood. So what, what techniques do you use uh, in terms of when you engage a live audience? Is there, you know, I would think there's something different, right? My personality changes when I'm hosting events versus having an interview via virtual in which I really hope we get back into the studio, but don't think that's happening. That was for money. That was for money. 
But what techniques do you use to engage a live audience? I'm, I'm curious. That's a great question. I would say when I, that's something I actually really had to learn because I have always thought that you had to present a certain way when you were in front of people. So I was trained to have a very polished presence and very, you know, be very formal, be very no nonsense. People have to take you seriously, right? And so a lot of people that I admired growing up, that was how they came across to me. And so when I would engage an audience, at first, I thought that I had to do that. And I thought that I had to kind of be someone else and step into this role in order to engage an audience. But what I came to realize is that the audience really wants to feel your energy. They want to feel your personality. They want to laugh. They want to relate to you. And so once I learned that, I had really relaxed a little bit. So it definitely doesn't mean that I don't still come off as polished and professional, but when I'm in front of a live audience, I make sure that I'm engaging. So I will say, hey guys, how's everyone doing? Or I'm trying not to say guys as much anymore, but I'll say, hey everyone, how's everyone doing? How are you feeling? I might have some music. I might ask them to raise their hand if they agree with me. Just, just different things throughout the presentation to make sure that they're with me and they're following and that they feel that energy because that's really important when you're in front of a live audience because you don't want to lose them. Right. And energy is important. I think regardless, right. I could have a sense of energy when I walk into a room, whether it's, you know, good energy, of course, don't let just any energy in your house, but definitely when it comes to, to live audience appearances, that's, that's very important. Yes. So, so can you tell me about a previous, a previous speech or speaking engagement where the audience reacted positively to your words, right? So whether they started laughing, they got up and started clapping. Tell us a, a previous speech or public speaking engagement where the audience reacted positively to your words. Yes. Well, I had the opportunity last September, actually, um, to do a presentation to a group of Black women in the dental industry. And it was a very challenging presentation to prepare for for me because it was almost like biotechnology, right? I didn't have too much background in the dental industry. But what I did was I did talk about personal branding and how they could incorporate personal branding into their profession as dentists. And so once I was able to make that connection, it gave me something to relate to. And so I was able to deliver that presentation and I came out and that was one of the the times where I was starting to be more of myself. And so I was able to come out and engage with them. I asked them questions in the middle of the presentation. We did activities. And I think that it was a very well-received uh, presentation. A lot of people came up to me afterwards and said they enjoyed it. And um, it was just one of those elements or one of those times where I was able to see how incorporating more of my personality into my presentation really resonated with the audience. Nice, nice. It's always good when you get good audience feedback. Yes. That, that, that kind of drives you, you know, it drives me. I know that. I, I definitely know that. So let's talk about uh, a mission key communications. First, uh, the name. Tell us how you developed the name. 
Yes. So it's it's interesting. A lot of people have not asked me that. So I appreciate you asking where the name came from. We do, Samantha, we do research here, um, <laughs> Living a Rich Life talk show. On top of that, Be Exposed Radio, it speaks for itself. There's nothing you can hide from us. I <laughs> got it. Well, I'm glad I don't have any have any uh, skeletons. skeletons anywhere. So we all got skeletons. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm just messing with you. So, yes. So the name of my business, it actually came from really the purpose of why I wanted to launch my own public relations agency, because I have always been intentional about connecting with organizations that are not just serious about making money, but are serious about the impact that they want to have in the community and leaving a legacy in the community where they serve. And so when I came up with the name Mission Key Communications, I thought that was a perfect way to demonstrate my passion to represent organizations that have a mission-driven and Mm purpose-driven mindset. So all of the clients that we've worked with, I would say the common thread with all of them is not only do they provide a service or product, but they are very passionate and intentional about giving back to their community in some way. That's that's beautiful. Kind of goes in line with uh, element number six for me, philanthropy. Yes. Being able, you got to, and again, it's that order for me. One, two, three, four, five. Put yourself in a position to uh, to to be able to do six. Yes. Um, so one of the things which I mean I love. I think everyone has a slogan, a motto, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I noticed that within your website. So first, let's before we get into that, let's share with folks how they can get a hold of you, your contact information. Let's let's share that real quick. Sure. Yes, you can follow our website is missionkeycommunications.com. So that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-K-E-Y communications with an S dot com. And we actually have a, um, you can sign up right now and get 10 media pitch tips that you can use right now. So definitely want to go to the website and get that. And you can also follow me on my personal Instagram S. McCoy Joy, and that's S-M-C-C-O-Y Joy. Very nice, very nice. So folks that are just tuning in, listening and watching, we are talking with CEO of Mission Key Communications, LLC, uh, Miss Samantha McCoy. And um, as you mentioned, she got, go to her website now, you can get 10 tips, 10 tips. Free tips. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, they are. They are free. They're free for now. They're not always going to be free. So you want to make sure you go and grab it (laughs) while it's still up. (laughs) I know that's right. So, um, you know, one of the things that that really jumped out to me was your your message, so to speak, which is maximize your message, um, elevate your voice, increase your impact. Yes. What's behind those? Yes. So that is really in in a summation of our philosophy of public relations and communications and the importance of it. So when we say maximize your message, you want to make the most of the messages that you're sending. So you want to make sure that they are going out to all of the platforms that make sense for you. You want to make sure that they are reaching the audiences that you intend. 
when we say elevate your voice, that means what we were talking about before, showing up and showing up confidently. A lot of some, well, not all of them, but some of our clients come to us and they are not necessarily familiar with media interviews or they're not necessarily comfortable showing up live or doing interviews and doing different things like that. And so we help them and coach them to be comfortable and be confident in the way that works for them. And so every individual, no matter what method that you use, there are ways that you can elevate your voice. For some people, it may be through writing. Some people prefer writing than speaking. And so if writing is the way that you elevate your voice, you can even use that. So whatever communications form format that you use, you definitely want to make sure that you're elevating your voice. And then the last one, increase your impact. A lot of times when um, we are working with individuals and organizations, we remind them that your community is one of your target audiences. So it's not just your clients. It's not just your customers. It's also the people who live in the community where you are. And really a way to stand out and differentiate yourself from your competitors is to show that you care about the community that you serve. So if there are ways for you to increase your impact, that's something that you want to be thinking about as you are building your business and planning your strategy. Nice. Well said. Well said. Uh, Again, Samantha McCoy, and uh, she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff as I'm sitting there listening to the tidbits that she shared earlier. Um, So let's talk about specialties. What are your specialties that Mission Key Communications um, provides or, you know, as services? Yes. So our core service offering is public relations strategy. And that means that we will actually come in and work with you to discover how public relations integrates with your business goals. And I like to introduce it that way now, because a lot of times when people hear public relations, they think about getting on TV, right? Because that's usually the exciting thing, getting on TV or being on the red carpet, or, you know, you think about all of the glitzy and glitzy things, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's exciting. That's great. But really for business owners, especially public relations touches every single aspect of your business. And so what we do is our team will come in and really sit down with you and talk about your business goals, whether that be for six months, whether that be for the whole year. And we look to see what ways public relations strategy can integrate with those goals to help you accomplish your goals for that time frame. And so if we are looking at, for example, media interviews for you, we're not just pitching just to be pitching. We are looking and saying, okay, what are the best media outlets for you to be on right now? And what value can you add to them? And how do you being on those media outlets tie in to your business goals? Or if you are looking to make strategic relationships and partnerships with different organizations, we'll look at your business goals and say, okay, let's make a list 
of different organizations that it makes sense for you to collaborate with right now. And we may help you brainstorm ideas for events or partnerships or different activities that you can do to build your audience and build your relationships with those organizations. We also help with crisis communications. And that's something that a lot of people get, you know, really jittery about like, oh my goodness, crisis. But one of the things that makes crisis uh, communications easier to do, crises are, are never easy, but what makes it easier to do is when you think about it before a crisis happens. So we will work with organizations and we will do kind of a worst case scenario play and say, well, what happens if this were to happen? Or what would you do if so there was an emergency or if there was some incident in your business, or if there was some incident in your community that impacted your business, how would you respond? And we will actually walk them through that process so that in the event of a crisis, it's not everyone just scrambling and panicking, but we can say, okay, we had this plan, let's start executing. And again, it doesn't make it easier, but it, it's definitely much more um, efficient to deal with it with a plan in place first. Ah, nice. So let's transition from mission key communications um, to a world that I'm pretty familiar with. You have a podcast, right? Yes. And I think it's good that we go switch over because and it's it's called confidence and create creativity. Creativity, yes. Okay, so I think that's phenomenal. Again, sticking with the theme of being confident again when it comes to public speaking. Of course, knowing your stuff, that usually helps with that. I think that eliminates that right away. So tell us about confidence and creativity. When you started, kind of where you are now. Tell us about that. Yes. So I started confidence and creativity about two years ago. I actually started it on YouTube first. And it was just really a way for me to expand my creative muscle and in a creative way and really share some of the amazing creative individuals that I have the pleasure of knowing. And so these are people who are personal friends of mine, people that I've worked with, people that I know just from different interactions. And I just wanted to talk to them about ways that they build their confidence and creativity because those are two elements that I think are so key to no matter what your goal is in life, no matter what you're going after, everything involves those two elements. And so last year, uh, I took a, a leap um, in the mid, actually it was right, I believe it was right before um, we had COVID was when I started to plan it. But I took the leap and expanded it into the podcasting space. And it has just been, it's been an amazing, fun uh, project. So we interview all types of creatives. We have musicians, we have um, brand strategists, we have just all types of, of leaders in different spaces and creatives in different spaces who uh, come on to share how they um, keep confidence and creativity in their life in different ways. So pretty soon you're going to have radio talk show host and network concierge, right? <laughs> See what you did there. I see what you did there. I'm just saying. Yeah, we can we can definitely we can talk about that. We can we're actually in the process of recording uh, episodes for our fall season right now. So okay, okay. You you may have picked a good time. Oh, that sounds good. You know, 
I'm always right sometimes. <laughs> so I, I, I hear a lot of good things. I will say I am very, I'm thoroughly impressed, which actually one of the reasons I did reach out to you initially. Um, and then I said, let's take it a step forward and, and get it on the show. But one of the questions I always like to ask my guests, um, what is your superpower? Mm, I was prepared for this question because I heard you ask somebody else. I said, he might ask me this. So my superpower, I would say, is that I am a strategist. I like to come into situations and not only look at the details, but look at the big picture. Growing up, I always used to ask the question, why? I had to know why behind everything. And now I'm able to do that. And it actually helps with strategy because with organizations, everything that, that you do needs to be intentional and purposeful. So I would say strategist is my superpower. Okay, strategist. That's 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 what's up. I think that 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 fits. I love learning new things about people. I, I really do. It's I hear it, I take it in, and try to see how can I apply it. Right? What what would that Excellent. look like for Rich James? That's really why I reinvent the wheel. If you know you have something that you can again, you didn't make it into your own. Right? That's that's pretty much what I I, I like to do when I'm interviewing guests and kind of hearing their stories. So. Excellent. Thank you, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. So, if you had to, you know, you, you write a, a speech script or whatever they call it these days, what information would you use to sketch out a speech script? Right. So, you let's say you're going to write something about Rich James. Mm -hmm. What information would you use to sketch out a, a speech? Mm, what information would I use to sketch out a speech? That that's a great question. So, I think I would. First, start with the goal. So what is the goal of the speech? Mm. And really looking at the audience. So I'd probably actually start with the audience first, because depending on the audience and what they need, what they what would resonate with them, then I would build the goal of the speech. So I would start with those things. And then the next thing that I would do is really think about a story. So what story could we tell about you? So I would probably interview you and ask you a few questions and say, okay, this story is really interesting. So I'd probably intro with a piece of that story. So I'd probably do a hook, I guess, so to, to get people interested. And then I would go through the rest of the speech and make some points. And then at the end, I would go back to the story and conclude it. So kind of keeping people's attention the whole time. So that is, that's one method that I would use uh, for writing for writing a script like that. Wow, very nice, very nice. Uh, so again, folks that are just tuning in, we are speaking with Samantha McCoy. Um, and I want to share this because, um, again, as folks, we were looking at our research, you've worked, you know, you've had some pretty amazing clients. Um, Fox 45, um, Afro. Yes. No, wait, let me let me not get in trouble. OK, so those media outlets are places where my clients have been featured. So they have oh, not wow. been clients. So if the stations are watching, don't come for me. So it's, 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 it's okay. clients have been featured in. So yes, those are media Client outlets. Features. Yes, okay. features. Okay. Yes, that's why it says as seen in. So those are media outlets where my where my clients have been featured. Oh, but yes, okay. I have. I, we've been able to to place our clients there. 
that's oh, a major that's, part oh, of what we do. So that's what's up. Some featured media placements you yes. got going on there. Ah, I'm familiar with one of them, which I know WEAA. Yes. Morgan State University. Very, very good place. Very good place. Yes, we oh. actually had one of our clients on there yesterday. Oh, right. So again, you yeah. got to share information so I can tune in and all that other good stuff. I think yes, we'll stuff. do. So what, what would you tell your younger self? Um, just in terms of, again, because you've been in business now as an entrepreneur, Mission Key. Yeah, Mission Key started in actually in 2011 and got my LLC in 2012. So it's been it's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, 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 a healthy amount of time. So 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 tell us, what would you tell your younger self as you was you know putting things together? Kind of you know I don't want to say regrets because I don't have any regrets in life. Um, you know, it's just it's a learning experience. Definitely. What would you tell the younger Samantha McCoy? Yes, I would tell the younger me that it's okay not to fit in. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And that was something that looking back, I had a lot of periods in my life, especially middle school, high school period where I just felt like, man, you know, I'm not in with this group or that group. I never really had a group that fit. I was kind of a floater, right? And that was something that I always felt was a void as I went through so many years of my life looking for that group that was going to fit me. But I would tell my younger self, don't worry about that because life is bigger than groups and cliques. And I mean, even in adulthood, they still exist. But (laughs) but at the end of the day, it's all about being confident in yourself and who you are. And the people who are are attracted to you will gravitate to you. And those who are not, they're for other people. So you don't have to worry about fitting in or not fitting in. It's just about being true to yourself and who you are and being free to do that. I'll drink to that. Yeah, I'll drink to that. One day, because normally after the show, we in the station, I take folks, I usually take my guests out to eat. So let's just say I've saved a lot of money over the year. <laughs> oh, I missed out. I missed out on that. That means we have to do a rain check. Absolutely. 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 So tell me, what's your biggest, what was the biggest challenge or obstacle that you faced um, in terms of dealing with a client? Mm, that's a good question. I would say one of the biggest challenges that I've faced is what I call now PR myths. So public relations myths. And a lot of times people have a misconception that because they work with a public relations agency, that as soon as they sign that dotted line on the contract, that the media placements are just going to roll in right away. And every single day, people are going to reach out. And not only will they have interview requests every single day, they will also be getting CNN, Today Show, Good Morning America, New York Times, Forbes, whatever your dream is, Essence, Black Enterprise, whatever your dream outlet is, they just think it just goes instantly. And so one of the challenges that I had in the beginning 
was that I didn't realize that people expected that. And so I didn't know how to manage those expectations in the beginning. And so now what I do is even before the contract is signed on the dotted line, I make sure that they understand public relations is a process. And the reason that a lot of people do work with agencies is because the behind the scenes of securing a media placement, it's tedious. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of strategy. It's not just pick up the phone, let's do it. That's usually not how it works. And so now I make sure that I, I explain that to clients and to prospective clients so that they know that it is going to be a process. And so they're not expecting everything to start at once right away. Makes make makes sense because usually yeah, folks want stuff instantly. This is yes. the I call it the microwave age. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, that's that's so crazy. Everybody wants things instantly versus you know, there's there's some work surrounding it, right? Yes. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I've I've interviewed a lot of party promoters, and you know, when you go to the party, it's glitz and glam, it's a good time, but one day well, couple of times I've spent with them actually going through the motion. And uh, let's just say I'm, I'm okay with just going and celebrating. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't, you don't need the behind the scenes part. Yeah. It's always, it's always a heavy lift, no matter what it is that you see, there's always anything excellent takes effort and you may not see the effort. So it doesn't look like it, but that's also part of the excellence is not appearing you know, not showing the effort and the intensity that it took. Oh, I like that. Anything with effort. Well, anything with excellence, excellence takes effort. Anything with excellence they takes excellence. Okay, okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> so what's next for Samantha? What's what's next you have in the works? What's going on with you? Yes, what's next? Well, I am super excited um, because I now have an amazing team of um, communications professionals who work with me. So that is one thing that I've been really excited about. And so in the fall, we are actually planning on um, rolling out some new uh, digital courses and training because we are still in this uh, pandemic world. And so we are still limiting our in-person interaction, but we have found a way to serve and provide resources to individuals and organizations virtually. So we've been kind of doing some testing uh, last year and this year with, with different courses. And so now we are, our next goal is to make some of those available um, on our site to people who are interested. Nice, nice. And let's let's share that site again with, with everyone, if, if you may. Yes, it is missionkeycommunications.com. M-I-S-S-I-O-N-K-E-Y communications.com. All right. Good, good deal. Good deal. All right. Now, one of the other questions that I, I always ask is, I don't know why folks always reach out to me when I'm on the show. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm recording. You know this. <laughs> it always happens, right? Um, I like to ask folks, what does living a rich life mean to you? Yes. What does living a rich life mean to me? It's actually interesting because I've been hearing rich life in some way, shape or form pretty much this whole year. So it's almost been a, been a theme for me in some ways. But I would say for me, 
living a rich life means to fully enjoy it. And for me, that means valuing myself, making room for rest and reflection, and choosing joy. Choosing joy. Okay. I, I like that. How, and, and how do you relax and, and reflect? Yes, I really love going to the beach. And when I'm near water, near the ocean, that is a great time for me to relax and reflect. But other than that, I journal. I love journaling. And I also use essential oils a lot. So I got a, a um, essential oil. I want to say it's a diffuser, but it might be something. I can't think of the name right now. <laughs> An essential oil. Yeah, it's a diffuser. So I, I use that for um, aromatherapy and relaxation. So yeah, those are ways that I keep relaxing and reflection time um, in my days. Okay, so we're gonna get we're gonna get you uh, relaxed a little bit here on living a rich life. Okay. Okay, because we like to have fun and uh, we like to play games. So this is called <laughs> which would you choose? <laughs> okay. All right. So which would you choose? I'll ask the question, and there's no either or. There's no, uh, uh, I take them both. No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Samantha McCoy, which would you choose? A long plane ride, your seat partner snores the whole trip, or a long plane ride, your seat partner is a crying baby? Whoa, that's rough. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Honestly, I would have to take the snoring. I can't do crying babies. <laughs> okay. I'll take it no children. No. And also, that sounds so horrible. Apparently, you get used to it when you have them. So maybe that will come to me later. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Number two. The only food you are allowed to eat will be picked by a three-year-old. Or the only films and TV shows you're allowed to watch will be picked by a very strict nun. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's a tough one because I really like food uh-huh. and three-year-olds can do some interesting things to food. I have enough um, nephews and nieces and babysitting experience to know that. So I actually am going to pick the film and TV one in hopes that the nun will pick like documentaries or something. So at least I can maybe learn something and then I can still eat great food while I'm watching it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I'd probably pick the nuns too. I'm not really a foodie, but they probably pick something good, interesting. Just right. Won't be a lot of murder and kill. And, exactly. And, and all that other good stuff. We like. Okay. Which would you choose? A room full of giant puppies or a room full of giant kittens? Mm. So I am not a big animal person, but I would have to choose kittens only because I was bitten by a dog recently. So I want to avoid them at all costs. Oh my goodness, so you're not a pet person. See, you know, I am not like now. At first, I was kind, I was on the fence, but now I'm at a pretty solid no. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Okay. All right. You might like this one. I know I do. 
which would you choose access to a time machine or access to a teleportation machine access to a time machine or access to a teleportation machine so teleport is when you can be anywhere that you want right well let's just say you ain't got to jump in the car. <laughs> right. Yes, I definitely pick teleport. I don't have to fly on a plane anymore. That would be great. I was thinking of the time machine. It would, because there are a few things I would do differently. But maybe not. I don't know. That's a good one. Because I think there was a show where people tried to change the past or something, and then it just changes everything. Because it's like with this one thing different, it changes It does. Everything. Yeah. Back to so, the future. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like it was another one that was more recent, but I don't know. I'm I'm bad with um with remembering show names. <laughs> okay, all right. The last and final one. Um, which would you choose? I already know which one I would choose. You can't brush your teeth for two weeks, or you can't bathe for two weeks. <laughs> these things are wild. Mind you, I've never seen any of these, okay? Wait, is this a real game? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um you can't make this up. Wow, I've never heard of this game. Okay, so whatever. Okay, so there are so many things right now about people going around about people not bathing. I am not in that crew. So I would have to choose. As horrible as this sounds, not brushing my teeth, but there are other ways to clean your teeth without brushing them. So I would choose Facts. an alternate way to do that. Facts. Oh my goodness. She has brains and beauty. Love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for playing. Which would you choose? That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll put that there, right? All right, so we got a few more questions we want to ask you as we talk about, um, um, you know, public relations and communications and all that good stuff. All right. Any, anyone in your family have a background or is this totally new to the family dynamics? That's a great question. This is totally new. I actually am the first in my family even to have experience with all sectors in small business corporate, nonprofit, and now I'm running my own business. I do have other entrepreneurs in my family, but as far as having that comprehensive experience and also in communications, I believe I may be the only one who is in um, the public relations industry. How does your family feel about your success? Because I like to say, you know, in my eyes, again, whatever success looks like, you're on a pretty good path and, and of continue to grow, again, based on just some of the the research we've done and just talking to you it's been a, it's been a, it's definitely been a pleasure thank um, you you know what what looks like what do you consider success in your mind yes well i would definitely say my family plays such a tremendous role in my success and even just in my motivation because as you know i'm sure running your own organization it has its challenges and sometimes it gets tiring it gets frustrating at times so to have family and friends and a community of support has definitely been a huge uh, morale booster and something that i value highly um, i would say success for me honestly means getting better and 
continuing to move forward. And I used to, to be honest, I used to attach success to a dollar amount. I used to say, once I reach this revenue goal, then I'll be successful. Or once I reach this many followers, then I'll be successful. And I used to really get down on myself because I had not reached those metrics yet. But now I am, I have transitioned my definition of success because no matter what goal you reach, there's always a next goal. And so I think that really the the attribute of success is that you are learning and you're growing every single day because it's really about who you are internally that affects who you become externally. I agree. So let's talk about that for a minute. So when I first started living a rich life, which had totally nothing to do with with money. However, it is a component of the principles. Yes. Um, In which financial freedom, principle number three, because good health and then strong relationships to me takes precedence. Now, I interviewed people to begin with. I said, well, what does, as I asked you, what does living a rich life mean to you? And depending on the age range, a lot of it was financially driven. For the older folks, you know, like our, our parents, it was the good health thing. So I kind of, you know, I, I asked those questions and I kind of put it all in the box. And then I said in the back of my mind, well, what's really important to you? I mean, I'm not, I'm not old. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I was actually sick when I had this whole concept of living a rich life. Oh, wow. But health was the main thing. You know, they say good health, good wealth, or, you know, they got all types of sayings for everything. Happy wife, happy life, you know. Why can't the man be happy too? But (laughs) um, I think that's important to understand that, yeah, we're still driven and financial freedom is is key and being able to do those things. But then I think it's based on your, your age sometimes as to what you prefer. As you said, you get older, you get wiser. And you start thinking, because it's not about, first of all, it's not about the money you make, it's the money you keep. <laughs> Very true. Let, let's, let's be clear, let's be clear here. So, all right. Well, um, before we, uh, we sign off, again, time flies. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes. So let's make sure we stay connected. Um, I, I believe we got a follow-up that needs to happen and, and looking forward to to work with you in the future. Excellent. And, uh, until then, uh, continue to be inspired to live a, a rich life. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rich. I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you, Samantha. There you have it, folks. Samantha McCoy, CEO of Mission Key Communications, LLC. We're going to go to break. We'll be back. This is Rich James signing off. Until then, we'll be back. BeExposedRadio.com. Going to take a break, pay some bills.
And we're back. And we're back. This is Living a Rich Life talk show here on BeExposedRadio.com. So unfortunately, our second guest, um, Mr. Troy Fenwick, is unable to join us. Um, Hopefully, we'll follow up and make sure things are well with him. Um, But I want to thank you, Samantha McCoy, for sharing your story. Um, If you have an inspiring story to tell, contact us via our website, www.livingarichlife.net. Until next week, stay focused and continue to be inspired to live a rich life. This is Rich James saying goodnight, and thank you for tuning in to BeExposedRadio.com. Good night.